Thank you for your mercies. We thank you for angelic assistance. We thank you for your hand that is upon our lives. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you that we can call you Father and that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. We thank God for qualifying us to see another day. And it's an indication that there's a work that he has sent us to do. And as long as we are in the this season of our life, we must work the work of him. Jesus told Judas that whatever you have to do, do it quickly. Whatever that God has laid upon your heart to do, do it quickly. Because there's an opening of grace that's available at that season of the way that has come to you. If you delay too long, you might miss that opening. Wow. That's just an introduction. So last week we looked at Papa David, another theme hated by all, loved by one. Uh, the seems was not to paint David's life as a life of suffering, but it's just to draw a man to the fact that people's life can be so good, people can be so accepted that it makes us lose sight of the fact that they were also rejected. You know, sometimes we forget that Jesus was rejected by the religious scholars of his times. Imagine being a pastor and all the churches in, the, in your country are rejecting you. All the pastors are not accepting you. So David was loved by many people. There were many people that gave their lives for David. In fact, at the time, David said that he was thirsty and people were able to risk their lives. So, and as much as people were willing to give up their lives for him, people were also willing to give up their lives to see his downfall. So when we, when we see this, it will appreciate that sometimes we go through certain situations and it feels as though we are the only ones going through. That's because we are so blinded by the glory that people are enjoying that it makes us lose sight of the fact that these same people are going through the very same battles that we went through. So for many of us, when we say David, the only but we can remember or the only challenge we can remember David having is Goliath but Goliath was one of the least of his problems so it's not just with David everybody Jesus he was rejected by the side the scribe the Pharisees the Sadducees in fact his disciples ran away and they left him even after he had told them Natalia I'm going to die the man had told them several that I'm going to die Yes, so when the prophecy was coming to or was being fulfilled, they should have known that, oh, Charlie, he said that he would bring you this temple, you destroy it, but in three days' time, so they should have hung around. But Charlie, nobody was nowhere to be found except his mother and John at the foot of the cross. And as I always say, where were the 4,000 men minus women and children that he fed? You see, sometimes when you put these things into perspective, then you appreciate when you are going through certain seasons of life. Because it always baffles me. Jesus healed so many people. You know, we really know the ones that their names were recorded or their special cases were recorded. 
we went to a place and the king was sick and Jesus was just healing them left, right, center. At that time, he was teaching and the power of God to heal was present. Like so many Buddhists in, so many Buddhists drink, so many Buddhists fed, the madman of Gadara, so many of them. But when it was left with either him or an armed robber, you don't know where all these people vanished. And you know, some of us may not appreciate it, but it's a really hard and a difficult season to go through. And it's something that the Bible has given to us, and as I like to say, the comfort of Scripture. So last week, we look at the fact that David was hated by all, and the all is in context, and he was loved by only one, that is God. That in the context. You know, Jonathan, for example, he loved David so deeply that people have been able to come up with wonderful theories as to the kind of love <laughs> That was shared between David and Jonathan. So ideally, this week I was going to look at doing a different series, but during the week, I was having a chat with some friends, and we were chatting about something at church Bible studies. We were discussing something, and when I this man's friend, somebody brought it up again, and we we're sharing our minds on it. Then a statement came up, and as we we're discussing, the God also ministered to me that we stated something last week on the podcast, but we fail to give a clear antidote or as to why we fall for this. And last week, we were addressing the issue that there's a default something in our body, in our flesh, that makes us crave for the praise of men, that makes us crave for the acceptance, the applauses of men, that makes us crave to be respected by people. Many of us, we cannot live for God because we want to maintain a certain respectability we have amongst people. And I remember some time ago, I read a book by Rick Dwyer, The Final Quest. And in the book, if I read the book, you appreciate what I'm talking about. He was describing an evil army. And he said that one of the groups in that evil army, the banner over them was respectability. And I didn't really appreciate what that meant. Like, how is that an issue? But many of us, because we want to be respected among a certain group of people, so as I was having a discussion with my friends, then this thought, God was not teaching me something. Aside from the fact that it's a deal of first grief or we have our consciousness behind of edge to always speak after the applause of men because we think or unconsciously our brain is our reward. We have unconsciously, we think that the person who rewards us for doing certain things is a man. That is why when we are doing something for God, and we don't have people to back us, we are discouraged. That is why when we are taking a particular stance for God, and it seems that the whole world is against us, we feel lonely, and we are at the verge of giving up. That is because some way, somehow, we think men are the ones that reward us. So tonight, our topic is entitled, God is the rewarder, not man. God is the rewarder, not man. And this is the antidote to the default setting that Adam engraved in our flesh. So somehow, somehow, David knew that it was God that he was seeking after because it was God that promoted him. It was God that would bless him. It was God that would reward him. So when Micaiah came to him and Micaiah said that, oh, you a king like you, pa, a king of the whole Israel, look at the way you have disgraced yourself among the maiden of Israel, among the common people of the city. David made a profound statement that it was God who chose me above your father. Yeah. God was telling the wife that, Charlie, in case you know me, your father was the CEO of Jerusalem, of Israel. 
but it was God that chose me to replace your father. David knew that the person who put him on the throne was God. So if there's anybody he needs to seek his approval, if there's anybody he needs to seek his applause, it is God. But many of us, we don't have this engraved in our hearts. So whenever we are showing love, whenever we are doing good, whenever we are living the will of God, and we don't seem to get the appreciation we deserve, people don't tell us thank you. People don't seem to appreciate us. Then we get discouraged. That is why scriptures like Galatians 6, that do not go weary in doing good, for in due season you would receive your reward if you do not weep. The first accusation or the first issue people raise is that Charlie, doing good is not easy. Why? It's because when you do good, many people will not appreciate you. And because people don't appreciate us or because people are ungrateful, we lose heart in doing good. And the reason why we lose heart is because we are thinking that in helping somebody, some way, somehow, that person in turn is supposed to help us. Because we are looking to that person as our rewarder. So the antidote to cure ourselves from that yearning for the applauses of men is for us to know that it is God that rewards. Hebrews 11 verse 6. For he is a rewarder of them. God is the one that rewards. It's very simple. But let's see how difficult this thing is. For example, I am here to find a company where the workers don't complain. Even if they pay them 100 billion, some way, somehow, you still find people complaining. So you find that, of course, some people, the situation they are in is genuinely not their best. But no matter how best the situation is, you would always find people complaining. That's how come, especially in Africa, especially in our government sector, I know the government sector, I know in Africa, even in Europe, many people are unable to give out their best in the public service. Because they feel like their government, and I don't know who, when they say government, I don't know who they are referring to, but they feel like their government or their employer doesn't pay or do not pay them enough. Not forgetting that, even in Africa, government workers are, in quotes, in quotes, the most paid people. Even if their salary is not enough, the amount they get from bonuses and workshops and seminars, oh my God, is more than the salary. Yet still, you find these people always complaining and grudging and always be lackadaisical, always be late to work, always putting up a shoddy performance at work, is because they feel like if they put in their best, the person who employed them, that's the government, is not going to reward them. And because they think that their employer is their rewarder, they are failing to put in their best. When you come to the private sector, the situation is there because they feel like no matter whatever the case is, the owner of the business will always drive the nicest car. And I don't know what is an obsession with cars. I'm yet to see a group of people that are working for someone and I've not noticed the person's car. Hey, you see the car you drive in there, go to buy a new car. How is that your concern? But people feel like it is not worth it. And <laughs> I understand them. To put in their best in work because they feel like whatever be the case, the money is going to somebody's pocket. But the issue is whether the money is going to somebody's pocket or not. That is very little your concern. What your concern is, is to give out your best because God tells us to do so. But because we are thinking that our reward is going to come from the person who employs us, we find it so difficult to give our best. That is why if you know 
that whatever you are doing, whether you are a government worker, whether you are a private person, whether you are a student, whatever you are, whichever area of life you find yourself in, if you know that your promotion in life, your blessing, your increase in salary, whatever is not coming from the person employing you, you would have a change of heart and a change of mind towards whatever you are doing. Colossians 3, verse 23, from the verse 22. Let servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. That means your humanly master, <laughs> because we know our real master is God, but your master according to your flesh. Not with eye service, as men pleases. Hey, that's for this one. I'm sure everybody has seen some before. You can find a group of people talking against, listen, the president talking against the press, but let the president come into that meeting. Everybody say, hey, hey, you are the best too. Thank you for this policy. Thank you for this rule. Thank you for, hey. Or even maybe you go to a staff, you go to the office, and people are complaining. Immediately the owner walks through and says, hey, good morning. Everybody, hey, good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. <laughs> but let the boss pass. That is me, the boss is not easy. People will smile at you at your face. If you really know the coup d'etat they are planning in their heads. Mercy. So he's saying that not with eye service as a man pleases, but in the singleness of heart, fearing the Lord. The singleness, singleness, you have only one single motive. The singleness of heart, fearing the Lord. Now, the key verse I'm really looking for is verse 23. It says, and whatsoever you do, whatsoever you do, whether you are doing it in the church or not, whatsoever honest and noble work you find yourself doing, Brother Paul is saying, do it heartedly, heartedly, with gladness, not with murmuring or complaining. Do it heartedly, as unto the Lord, not unto men. He's a gold man. Paul is telling that whatever you find, and you see, he won't talk about the context of church work. He's in seven, and you know, in those days, they kept slaves. Slave trade was not a, it was a big issue those days. So even in the Bible, you know of Philemon and Onesimus, who was a slave of, of Philemon. So he's even telling slaves, so not even employer and employer, then slaves, when you are working, work with joy, knowing that you are not doing it for the man, you are not doing it for the person who is paying your salary, but you are doing it unto God. This is the reason why, no matter which season of life, no matter the rejection you are going through, as long as God has placed something on your heart to do, you must do it heartedly because men cannot reward you for what you do. And you see, this is the escape route from broken hearts. <laughs> this is the escape route for disappointment. Because if you are not old enough, let me tell you, human beings are ungrateful. You that are listening to me, you are ungrateful. Many a times people do things for us and we take it lightly and we forget to say thank you. And the funny thing is that maybe a year down the line or two years down the line, <laughs> you will need their help. And now how we will come back is now the issue. The most you start, you do formats, you play format. Maybe if you want the thing on Monday, you send the person a message on Friday that, oh, hello, sir, or oh, hello, da. If you're in Africa, everybody's our uncle and our auntie. Hello, uncle, auntie. But you don't know the person from anywhere. Oh, I'm just checking out for you. Thank you. You are doing that because no two days or three days later, you are coming back to come and ask for something. So we have all been ungrateful. And the funny thing that always we are quick to point out to people who have been ungrateful to us, that sweet attitude you have been ungrateful. <laughs> so mercy. 
So whether you like it or not, people are ungrateful not because they are necessarily wicked people, because forgetfulness is part of the DNA of our flesh. You will forget. That is why in those days in the book of Esther, the king had a book of remembrance because the king or the system there understood that people could do things for the nation or people could do things for the king and they would go unnoticed. Especially if you're in Africa, Ghana, many people are angry at the government because they felt like they represented the nation maybe in sports or maybe in a particular endeavor and the government didn't come to appreciate them so they're angry against the nation. As if today our president should see all those that the country is going money should rise up. Maybe you did something some years ago in a marathon or a race or an event and you did well and the country failed to honor you. Please come for that. And the whole country will go. <laughs> so we are ungrateful. It's something that's in the human flesh. But the only way you can escape the effects of the ingratitude people show is for you to know that when you do somebody good, God is the one who is going to reward you, not that person. When you are expecting your reward from that person, then is where broken heart sets in. That is why the Bible says, Cursed be the man who puts his trust in man or in the arms of a man. You are putting yourself under a curse if you do that. If you think that because we are nice to somebody, two years down the line, three years down the line, when the person is in a better situation, the person is supposed to reciprocate that kindness to you, you are boring yourself. If the person does, then go. If the person doesn't, you should not be bothered. But here's where many of us become bitter and offended. You know what I mean? I won't do this good again. Hi, You don't know. Human beings will shock you. Please, you do you shock people. So the issue or the cure for us is to know that it is God that is going to reward you. First Corinthians 10, 31. Brother Paul speaking here again. Paul is advising us again and he's saying that whatever you do, whether eating or drinking, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you are doing, because there are many things you will do that people will not notice. But if your whole life is because of the applause of men, you are setting yourself up for broken hearts. Seriously. That is why many of us, we cannot do the right things when nobody's watching. Because in quotes, we have no motivation. It's very easy to do good when people are watching you. It's very easy to do so. You know, when you're in the midst of your friends, you want to show that you're a good person. You want to sponsor lunch. I mean, today will never sponsor lunch. <laughs> Please, if you are that friend who never wants to sponsor something, repent. <laughs> so, so you must learn to appreciate the fact that whatever you find yourself doing, whether people are looking at you or not, whether the spotlight is on you or not, the people are not the ones who are going to reward you. God is your rewarder. So whenever you have this mentality engraved in your heart, you will not be perturbed when everybody is against you, when nobody accepts you, because after all, it is God that's the one going to reward you. And you must appreciate this. You see, the confliction or the confusion comes about because or due to the fact that when God is lifting up a man or when God is blessing you or when God is promoting you or whichever way or when your breakthrough comes, it comes through a man. So it causes us to have that delusion that because the blessing is coming through a man, it is man that is rewarding you. Please, sorry, sir. Sorry, ma. Men are just channels. God is the rewarder. Let's look at it in Psalm 75, verse 7. I love this scripture so much. 
So especially if you're a government worker. <laughs> Even if you're not in the, you have to be a government worker. Even if you're in the private sector, it happens. Let's look at Psalm 75 and 7. The psalmist, let's go to verse 6. The psalmist is giving us a very interesting revelation. He says, For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. Promotion has to do with nothing human influence. Promotion has to do with nothing about a man. Verse 7. But God is the judge. In other words, God is the one who brings a conclusion to a matter. He's the one who has the final say on an issue. So God is the judge. He put down one and set up another. See that the promotion you are looking for, the increase in salary you are looking for, that job you are looking for, that opportunity you are looking for, it is going to come through a man, but it's not coming from a man. So no need to be a man pleaser. No need to be indebted to the applauses of men because the men who are clapping for you don't have it in themselves to promote you. So Jesus, when he was about to be crucified, and I think Pontius Pilate, or I think Caesar, I think Pontius Pilate asking that. Tell me, I'm asking you a question. You will not answer me. Then Pontius Pilate made a statement that don't have the power to release you. So I'm asking you a question. Please answer. And you know, throughout the whole interview, Jesus did not talk. But when the guy made that statement, if you watch the Jesus movie, Jesus lifted up his head and said, Hey, Mr. Man, the only reason why you have the power to decide over my faith is because God has given it to you. So Jesus was aware that the only reason why people could play the buffoonery with him was because God had put that power in their hands. God is the church. He decided who he promotes and he decides who he promotes. So if there's anybody you should be obsessed about pleasing, if there's anybody you should be obsessed about getting his applause, if there's anybody you should be obsessed about getting his approval, it is the church of all. He is the church. So don't get it twisted. The fact that it's a man who will call you and say, I have an opportunity for you. The fact that it's a woman who will call you and say, come for your, your increase in pay. The fact that it's a man who will call you and say, you have been promoted. Don't get it twisted to make you think that it is that man who is blessing you. It is God. He is the reward. You know, I and my friends, this is the discussion we have with that. Is it worth loving your wife? If she doesn't submit to you, and the other way around, is it worth submitting to your husband when he doesn't love you? Now the discussion because at Bible study at church we are having we're talking about marriage and this question comes up and everybody was bringing fantastic theory. And you see, the reason why it's so difficult to love and a woman who does not submit and vice versa, it's so difficult to submit to a man who does not love is because we think that our reward for submitting or loving comes from the person we are doing that. But it was not the person who instituted marriage or made that law. It was God who instituted marriage. It was God who laid the rules of the game. And it is God who is going to give you the satisfaction you deserve in the marriage. So whether he or she is loving or submitting respectively, that should not be your focus. Your focus should be doing the will of him who has sent you because promotion doesn't come from the east nor from the west or from the south but God is the judge of all. He decides who he promotes and who he demotes. Anything less than this understanding would end up in you getting broken hearts. Frankly speaking. So David was not prepared 
when Jesse did not choose him, when his brothers did not choose him, when even their prophet Samuel was looking at him too too, when Saul was chasing after him, when his son rose against him, he knew that even though these things are painful, the person who in his hands, his life depends on his God and he is the only one he must be obsessed about pleasing. When we have understanding, we have the paracetamol <laughs> to cure ourselves from being people who are craving and people who are obsessed about the applause of men. And the last thing I would like to say, nothing goes for God. So you might be a worker, you might be going to work on time, doing your duty diligently, but when they are giving awards to employers of their month, you may not be considered because somebody is pleasing, is doing eye service. You know how painful that can be? You can be doing your job diligently, but somebody is just pleasing the boss. And because of that, the boss will see him and will reward him. But you that you are doing everything with a genuine heart, go on notice. Don't worry because God is your rewarder. And thank God that he is God. Nothing goes unrewarded before him. He sees all, he knows all, and he rewards all. I think it again. God sees everything. He knows everything and he will reward you for everything. Sometimes you may be working in a church, you may be an usher, you may be an organist, and sometimes you have to use your own money to do certain things for the church. You have to use your own energy. And it's as though when they are giving applause, they don't even consider you. Maybe you might be a pastor, but it's always your ND who is getting the funds or the chief usher or whatever. The people hardly tell you thank you. And sometimes it can be very disheartening. But whenever that happens, just enter your pocket and remove the paracetamol to that headache. And the paracetamol is that promotion comes from neither the north nor the south nor the east. But God is the judge of all. He will decide who he promotes and who he promotes. Hebrews 10 verse 35. These are just a few scriptures buttress the points you have been making. And the writer of Hebrews says that, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. Cast not away your confidence, which has a great recompense of reward. Sometimes really, really feel downhearted. Maybe you are a medical doctor. Every day you are taking care of patients, sometimes at your own detriment. Sometimes you are supposed to have maybe eight hour shift, but there's a certain patient you just can't let go. I'm sure that things are in place, but your shift is up. And sometimes you may pay the extra price at the detriment of your family, at the detriment of your children, at the detriment of your own relaxation. And you do all these things and then the politicians are getting their huge, huge salaries. They are always changing their cars after every four years. And you, before you change that, you get a new car. You have to save and save and save. Sweetheart, do not cast away your confidence. You may be a teacher. And as for you, dear, let me just reserve it over there. <laughs> if doctors are complaining, then you dear, let me just reserve it. But whatever situation you find yourself, do it heartily because you know that God is your rewarder. The last scripture, Revelation 22, verse number 12. And I'm sure we know what is there. The last chapter of the Bible. Now Jesus is saying, and he's saying, Behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give to every man according to his own work. 
You see, so we are saying this thing. Many of us we downplay it and we think that when we say God is going to reward you, we think we mean when we go to heaven. So, oh, I think the Moses said that as for a teacher, his reward is in heaven. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> in heaven, you will not drive cars there. So please, if God, if God gives you a car in heaven, you would need it. It's the same thing that Peter at time came. I think in Luke chapter 18, verse 28, Peter came to Jesus and said, Actually, Jesus, we have left everything and we have followed you. Please go and read that scripture. Luke 18, verse 28. Look at the response of Jesus. I like the last line. He says that in this life, let me just say the answer. It's so sweet. He said, There is nobody who has given up houses, who has given up family, who has given up properties, who has given up anything to follow me, who will not get his reward. I think 10 times, I think we should just look at that scripture so that I can quote it accurately. Because that scripture is really, really comforting. Luke 18, I think in verse number 28. He said, so the verse 29, and he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake, who will not receive many fold in this present world and that which is to come. And that's the fantastic thing about God's reward. When a man claps for you, that is all. But God is going to reward you in this life and that which is to come. So, God is going to reward you on earth. Your reward is not just in heaven, but it is also on earth. This is the reason why you should always be motivated to do the right things in life. Whether people are watching you or not, this is the reason why you should be motivated to go to work on time. You should do your work diligently. You should serve in the house of God diligently because there is nothing that God would take for granted. So he said that, behold, I come quickly and my reward is in my hands. Sweetheart, your reward is not just in heaven. You will drive a good car on earth. You will sleep in a good house on earth. You will eat the choices of food on earth. You would have a variety of food to choose from. Your problem will be too much options. This is the reward. God is a rewarder. God told the people that even Solomon with all his swag, he was not best, he was not more dressed than the lilies in the field. How much more you? How much more you? So that I came to encourage you. It is worth living for God. I came to encourage you. People will not clap for you. People may not clap for you. People may not applaud you. People may reject you. But sweet that I came to encourage you that God is preparing a table before you in their presence because they would serve you in this well. And you see, just like David, when God turns away your situation, you know, some people can become so rich. When you look at their picture when they were not rich, you can't believe it's the same person. Let me, let me give an example. Someone like Jeff Bezos, you know, recently he's going to the moon or the space or whatever. And some of his pictures have been circulated. When you see his picture when he was in a garage and another one, he was standing by a bookshelf. You look at this man, you can't believe he's the one over here. <laughs> Somebody who can do this own spacecraft or whatever. <laughs> He's going to explore another another planet or another place. But it's the same person. So God can so change your life. God can so clap for you. God can so bless you that you will forget how it felt like to be walking. You can forget how it felt like to be picking public transport. You can forget how it felt like to be to be oh, Charlie. The words are not even coming. God is a rewarder. This is the paracetamol to the headaches 
of ingratitude, the headache of rejection that life will throw at you. So when you are on the road alone, on the will of God for your life, know that God is a rewarder. This is our antidote to you. That do not seek for the applause of men, but seek for the applause of the one in whom has the final say on whom he promotes and whom he demotes. You want to spend some time in prayer. And we're just telling God, our Father, may we never forget this truth. May we never forget this paracetamol to the headaches <laughs> of rejection, the headaches of loneliness, the headaches of ingratitude. Father, may we always remind ourselves in that season of aloneness, in that season of rejection, in that season when everybody seems to turn his back against you. So the writer of Hebrews tells us that God is a rewarder of them. Do you still love when she's not being submissive? Yes, because God is the one who's going to reward you. Do you still submit when he's not loving? Yes, because God is the rewarder. Do you still work wholeheartedly when they're not giving you what is due? Yes, because God is the judge of the one who is going to bless you. He's the one who is going to lift you up. He's the one who's going to promote you. Look unto God. Said so they look unto Him, and their face was brightened. The reason why your face always cloudy and mumbling and complaining is because you are looking unto man to reward you. You are looking unto your boss to tell you thank you. You are looking unto your your family to say thank you. You are looking unto the wrong people to say thank you. All you need is the applause of God. All you need is for Jesus to smile at you. Because when He does that, it is He that will cause the hands of men, those who are rejecting you, to accept you. It is God who prepared that thing before you. Those who did not want to give you food, they will now be saving you food. Because God is the rewarder. Never forget this truth. Father, we pray that we will not forget this truth. Help us to live in this consciousness. Help us to live in this reality that you are our rewarder. That you are the judge of all. Promotion comes from neither the north nor the west nor the south. But promotion coming from you, the judge of all. He said, Behold, I come quickly and my reward is in my hand to give to every man whatever he is due according to his work. He said, Then there is no man who has left house, who has left property, who has left wife or children for my sake of the sake of the gospel, who will not who will lose his reward. But I have many for in this world and that's to come. Oh Father, we thank you for this truth. We thank you for refreshing us that we cannot give up, that we should not give up. Because we know that we know it is rocky. We know the road is lonely. But we know that you are our reminder. Sometimes it goes to do the right thing when nobody is watching. Oh, just a little zero. Oh, just a little corner. Nothing will happen. But because you are looking at your man to reward you. But Father, may we live in this consciousness. Let this man be in us that God is our rewarder. Father, we pray for the grace. We pray for the strength. We ask for your help to live in the reality of this truth that God is our rewarder, not man. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, we thank God so much for his word. We thank God for your presence too. And you are learning. I believe I've been learning. Feel free to share the podcast. Feel free to invite friends on all podcast platforms. And our mother platform is Telegram. 
simply searching the household of the father. If you have any questions, any contributions, you will reach us there. Remember to give God your best because He is going to reward you. And to make sure that you only man nothing, even that ungrateful person alone. Because God is the one who will reward you for your love. See you next week. Bye-bye.